Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast about people, where we discuss any and everything under the sun having to do with being a human. If you like what you're hearing, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. If there's a topic you want to hear more about, feel free to reach out to us on social media or at the email linked in the description. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Much love. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the podcast about people. On this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with a buddy of mine. Her name is Katie Collins. She's a rad soul, a business owner who owns two businesses. One is her own coaching practice and the other she serves as a co-founder of, which is called The Launch Squad. Um, The Launch Squad is an online marketing agency that helps coaches launch their programs with full support every step of the way. And from what I can tell, she's also a true student of life. She has led teams that have sold over 5 million in coaching programs. She knows how to sell your services and will teach you how to do so confidently. She's a certified coach and a level two art of feminine presence teacher. She has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in education and has over nine years of experience in adult education. I didn't know you had a bachelor's in psychology, by the way, side note. (laughs) That's pretty badass. I'm like, wow, you really dug down the tunnel here. I dug a little bit. Uh, When I think of uh, Katie Collins, the words that come to mind are fierce, embodied feminine, nurturer, and in tune. Uh, Thank you so much, Katie, for being here with me today. And I'd love to give you a moment to introduce any other things you want folks to know about you, as well as share anything about your identity in the world that you'd want to share. Thank you, Vita. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I, I think you did a pretty good job introducing me. Um, I am a proud foster fail, and we've just uh, rounded into our 10th year together, me and my cute foster dog slash real dog, Annie. Um, and so that's fun. And uh, actually, my partner just moved in with me, so now I have a cat as well for the first time in my life, a Scottish fold, cutest cat ever. It looks like a stuffed animal. So those are some fun things. <laughs> um, and how do I identify in the world? Um, gosh, I, I don't know that I've ever really answered that. Um, I've really tried to embody my feminine side because I grew up um, without the invitation to do so. And so uh, I think I spent, you know, I think we'll be talking about our journey here. Um, I spent a long time almost heavily weighed into, like that was the level two art of feminine presence teacher, really like really into that feminine way. And I think I've kind of moved back into my center of, you know, I I want to embody both of those qualities, masculine and feminine and anywhere in between, um, and kind of take away the assumptions of what that means and really just take what I like about both of those and integrate it into a wonderful me. (laughs) Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, what comes up for me as you're sharing that is like, what does being like embodied feminine mean to you? Cause I know how, like that, what, it, what that means to me, but I'd love to know if you're open to sharing what that means to you. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I, I feel like this is something that keeps evolving for me, but, um, for my personal journey, it was accepting that sexy could be safe. Um, it was, not trying to hide 
um, my looks or my body, um, so that I don't distract people. I grew up Catholic, so I just had a lot of, you know, that's inappropriate, Katie, don't wear that. Um, I got into a lot of arguments in my school. Uh, I went to Catholic school my whole life. And so, um, you know, we had dress codes and sometimes their dress codes just made no freaking sense whatsoever. Like, you know, back in the day when mock turtlenecks were cool, which it's about the time for them to make their comeback. Um, But mock turtlenecks were not cool at my school, but you could wear a blouse with like a big collar that was (laughs) V-neck. So you could literally see someone's boobs popping out of it. And I just remember going to Sister Geraldine, like, I'm sorry, tell me how (laughs) this girl's blouse is more appropriate than my mock turtleneck. Like, so I've always kind of fiercely fought for things that I just thought were stupid. I don't know if that's um, embodied feminine, but um, (laughs) I digress. Um, But really what I learned was the concept of womb space. You don't have to have a womb to find your way into womb space, you know, for, um, anyone that doesn't have one, but just that center of, you know, that's your power source for uh, people who identify as women. Um, I learned how to, you know, kind of just stand with my legs slightly um, out, you know, how do I want to say that? Slightly out, not like ankles touching, which is the way I learned how to stand in Catholic school, ankles touching, hands clasped right below, you know, right by my womb pretty much. Right. So really learning how to open myself up and that allowed the energetic flow of my womanhood to move through me. And that just gave me more sense of power than I've ever had before. And the um, legs apart was like claiming my space, like in, I learned about it while standing on stage, but I really claimed it when I was networking. If we had to stand in a circle and introduce ourselves, I always kind of took a minute to claim my physical space and ground myself into the, you know, element of that embodied woman before I showed up to introduce myself. Cause I wanted to come across as a powerful woman, yeah. um, you know, powerful, but yet not pushy. Yeah. It's right? such a dance, right? Yeah, especially with how society views women in power generally, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, such a such a very fine, fine line of a dance. I also I don't want to dig too much into your schooling and your education because I know that (laughs) there might be things there, you know what I mean? But I didn't know that people get trained on how to stand in Catholic school. That's like a oh, thing. No, I got that training as an entrepreneur. Oh, okay, got you. <laughs> um, oh, but of course, because we had our Christmas, you know, shows oh, where we'd you. sing and things like this. So this is the proper way you stand on the altar got of the church when you, you sing in the in the church choir. Yeah. <laughs> so wild. So many things I don't know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Very interesting background for me. I mean, in, in the life I live now, it's a it's a big stark contrast. Yeah, <laughs> but that's got to be pretty exciting too to be able to like uh, embody yourself in the way that you want to be embodied. You know, it and feels do the work. so empowering to just get rid of what I was taught. And like I said, from an early age, I would question rules that didn't make any sense to me. And I'm still doing it to this day. And it is so empowering to be like, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with that. All right. I don't know. I'm not going to believe that. Or I'm not going to fall into that stupid box that you want me to, you know, sit in. So that is pretty powerful. And I think too, like speaking to this theme, uh, I've had kind of the 
the the space to kind of see your evolution within your business too right so yeah so i know the community that i met you in you came in and you were were you just completing with like being an educator had you been out of educating a couple years at that point um when i joined them i hadn't even quit yet got you yeah um it was so funny because i'm moving offices and um so i'm going through and just kind of recycled or you know threw away a bunch of old stuff and i came across some binders from that time that i I recycled all of that stuff um because it's embedded in my brain i don't need any of it anyway and um it's i'm beyond it but um anyway i came across my initial registration and our mutual friend had signed me up and so i texted her i'm like look what i just found and so that was in 2013 March of 2013 and I quit my job in October of 2013 so I so I, awesome I was ready I, you, you know I was really so ready, ready. <laughs> yeah the the process of really owning your space and claiming who you are seems to be a really really big theme as we you know talk about these things but then also as I've known you sh- to share through your life yeah. and things um as someone who is a woman in business, knowing that like all the things that people who are not men have to face, um, what is like, what's the thing that keeps you going? You know, because I know that even though you have gotten to the space you've gotten to, it's not like the things have gone away. You know what I mean? It's not like the difficult folks out there, the oppressive structures have necessarily dissolved themselves just because you are at the level you're at. So is there yeah. is there something that that you re- you kind of fall back on in the moments that get a little bit bumpy in your in in like navigating business yeah yeah um you know it's kind of similar to the rules that i i don't understand or want to follow so i don't i'm like that with people so the minute i am feeling like someone is taking me for granted or kind of um energetically patting the top of my head, telling me I'm so cute as an emerging coach, that kind of crap. And that's always by men. Um, I, I either completely disengage like, so I'm talking about like trying to create partnerships, say like, Hey, do you want to be a speaker in my summit or something like that? The minute I get a feeling in my body that I identify as, Oh, this person, I already know exactly where this is going to go. Cause I've been here before. Yeah. I can just say, you know, we're not a good fit. And I love that part of me now that I've learned these lessons and I no longer have to be that Catholic people pleaser. Oh, let's be nice. Or, Oh, this person. Cause usually it's because they have a big list that I'm in this conversation. Um, I don't tend to partner with men yeah. and I, I want to rephrase that because I really don't look for people with big lists. I I'm so tired of that being an industry standard. That's yep. not at all how I do business, but sometimes I'm like, well, let me stay curious with this person, right? This person might be a good, a good partner and how can I help him in a different way? Um, so anyway, the minute I feel it in my body, I just know to say no. Um, and then just really sticking up for myself, um, you know, if, if I have a male colleague that's treating me or mistreating me in some way. And in fact, we worked with somebody years ago, um, that was inappropriate and, and I didn't even realize it. 
like he had you know airdropped me something and you probably remember the story i don't know if it's yep. worth saying here but um you know and i just kind of i like giggled and was like ew i hope nobody saw that yeah and then later you were like that's still sexual harassment even though he's your friend like that was completely inappropriate in the workplace and i think i i at that workplace it was so different than corporate there were a lot of gray areas that were not normal, yeah. right? Like the hugging and the massage trains and things that are not really normal. And so my friends would be like, this was at work? What? Right? <laughs> and I think that's why I laughed it off where if I were at a school teaching and somebody did that, of course, I would know that was inappropriate. Yeah. But because I was in this kind of transformational space where there's like a shit ton of sexual energy. Can I swear? Sorry. Yeah, we, we swear <laughs> on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, um, the lines got blurred for me yeah. and that's an indicator though, that I was allowing a community to make up rules for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you helped remind me, I got to make up my rules and say, Hey, that, that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so the next time something like that happened, it was a very clear beyond that made me uncomfortable, but you know, that was completely inappropriate. Yeah. Um, and I had to leave that job because of somebody being completely inappropriate and it not handled in a way that made me feel ever safe in that room again. Yep. And I left. So I think for me, it's just knowing that I'm always in power and in control of how I handle situations and who I'm going to give my energy to and who I'm not going to give my energy to. And, you know, God forbid something happened that um, really makes me mad. I've got some tools to move through it in my own way, um, without making it be public. I'm not really into the shaming online and that kind of thing, but I just have a way to just say, whoa, like, how did I miss that red flag coming up? Right. And that's what I meant about my body. The minute I feel uncomfortable in my body, I'm like, "Mm, something's not right with this person. Yep. (laughs) Let's stay away. Yep. (laughs) Really giving ourselves the permission is such a a key part of all that. And also, yeah, recognizing that just because we're in certain a certain context doesn't mean we need to kind of go with the flow of that context right you know what i mean like for for personally speaking for that community that's definitely a big reason why i was like bye y'all like i'm on my breaks by myself on my my lunches by myself you know like yeah. definitely to to remain uh neutral within myself such that when things came up in the community i was like mm, nope that's not it you know But it definitely was, you know, an experience with that person you brought up and then other people in that community because the lines, it seems like they were almost encouraged to be blurry, you know, and I know that that is true for a number of communities out there. And I know in the last couple of years, a lot of them have been getting named as not really doing the work and things like that. So that's a whole whole thing, but the theme. Uh, I'm like, there's a rabbit hole. Yeah, we can go down forever. But Uh, I I think the biggest piece, though, and this is a theme that's come up on a few other conversations I've had with folks, is definitely tuning into our bodies and really giving ourselves the permission to know that we know what the hell we know for ourselves. You know, like mm -hmm. that we don't need to um, put ourselves or allow ourselves. I feel like there's a thin line between like us cognitively doing it and us kind of being uh enculturated indoctrinated to being Mm -hmm. like uh passive in those sorts of moments but it's like it is that space of like yeah i feel it don't have to you know make this this big old thing i can literally just reserve myself and go somewhere else you know yeah and and i want to say too um i just really 
appreciated and respected the people that stood up and said, no, no, that's not okay that that happened, right? Like, um, I think too often we are taught to kind of stand, stand in line, right? Stand straight. Don't, don't make a big deal about it. And sometimes it's worth making a big deal about it. And I, I have always been the person that would speak up for other people. So it was so nice when somebody and people, um, and namely many, many women, you know, that stood up for me. Um, and some men stood up for me. And then it was ironic because some women didn't, and they were stuck in there. Well, this is my job and I can't say anything or I'm going to lose my job or, Oh, there's a potential partnership with this leader. So I don't want to ruin my relationship with the leader. So, you know, who cares that Katie just got, um, you know, completely sexually harassed. I'm going to make it, it her fault for some reason. Right. Like, um, so it's just, it's just fascinating to watch how different people react. Um, I just saw it go down in a group. There was a person local here in Denver that's kind of known to be a sexual predator and he owns a couple of music venues. And so it's always comes up when people bring up the specific music venue, other people say, why do you go there? So-and-so owns it. He's a sexual predator. I don't know the story. Right. But this one woman went in and, you know, she was sticking up for him. And I was like, Oh man, there's always, people that are going to just pick sides and think they know (laughs) what happened. And, um, yeah. So anyway, I just allies, people speaking up and saying that's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, no, your colleague should never, ever be able to slap your butt, whether it's a tap or a slap. (laughs) It's just, I don't care if you're a hugging community with massage trains and I don't care if I slapped my girlfriend on the butt because she was my dear friend and we had permission for that, right? Consent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally different. Um, so, you know, these nuances. And so I think, again, when people stick with the rules, like, well, if you can tap your friend on the butt, how come this guy can't tap you on the butt? I'm like, am I literally having this conversation with the leader of a community right now? Is this, is this really the road you want to go down? <laughs> It, it's really, I, I don't know the if I really have the right word for it. The first word that came to mind was like mind boggling, but then it's also more so I think deeply disturbing, you know, the type of mm-hmm. things that exist out there. Um, yeah, but it's this essence of, of insisting on being right yep. in a conversation. Like they have this, this thing that they can say that would make them right. And yeah. I'm like, what you just said still doesn't right again in Katie's rule book. And that's what my partner always says. Oh, is that, is that a Katie rule? That's totally cute. <laughs> <'Cause> I, have, <laughs> I have a different rule book, right? But I'm just like, well, in my rule book, yeah, I'm allowed to tap the butt of my good friend. Cause she's my good friend. And we've consented with that and laughed about it. And that is different than a man coming over and whacking me yep. without consent. Yes. Yeah. That is different. <laughs> yeah. And it, it definitely, you know, it, it definitely also, yeah, it speaks to allyship. You're, we're speaking of allyship. We're also definitely speaking of consent. And we're also definitely speaking of, you know, the dynamics that can come up in community. Um, yeah. Some of the first episodes that we t- that I had with this podcast, we actually dove deeper around, like, what uh, individuals would would love to see within community as well as within community leaders. Mm-hmm. Um especially because you know the story that we're describing the experience we're sharing right now this isn't like a once in a bajillion sort of thing you know as you named like even in the the music scene out there um there are a lot of people that are getting named and things aren't really happening you know what i mean yeah um so what are what are if we were to 
paint a picture of a community that's actually doing their work what what sort of attributes would you would you name out of a community as a whole doing their work but also individually as you know traits that you'd love to see more of in community leaders that are out there hmm well, first, I want to back up and say, you know, where my confusion lies as a leader and that I'm still kind of digging into this myself is the, the idea of building a community is that you want people unified, right? We all have to have something in common to feel bonded in community. And I think the mistake that happens is that um, there's no straying from anything. So, for example, that community that you and I met in was very, very liberal, I'd say 95% of the room voted liberally. And um, that was generally how I voted, so it didn't bother me. As with most things, I've, I'm, I've been lucky and I've been in the majority most of the time. But I remember uh, when I worked for them and I would have people say, I'm not going to come to that event because I do, you know, vote for Trump or whoever was coming in, you know, like I'm on the other team here and I feel like I get attacked when I'm in the room. Um, and, and I forget my title then engagement coordinator or something like that. So it was really my job to make everybody feel like they belonged. So I would be like, Oh no, you know, people are accepting, but it was like, not really like the leadership had very strong views. Um, and so if you didn't have those same political views, you, you really were an outsider in that community. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I just think you need to maybe call it out or make it obvious even on your website and in your marketing so that people know what they're coming into. Yeah. Um, so I've really watched myself now. I don't assume everyone is like me anymore because I really do see the impact of that. And, and I, um, also have, you know, had my own political, like WTF on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> like, just ah. um, So, so I, I guess I'm always as a leader, I'm always thinking, how can I you know, bring people together without making it feel like a freaking cult where you have to be, you know, liberal and Nin, 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 and this and right like and you have to like red because that's my favorite color and you have to <laughs> yeah. uh, so I really want more communities that come together in the name of um, why we're all there whether it's spirituality or sexuality or friendship or business growth like that's why we're all there and then to celebrate the differences because I think it's so important to hear the the side you don't agree with or understand and so every time I'm in a community where it's full of like homogeneous stuff, it's like, it's, it, that doesn't, I'm not able to get that. Like when I vote, I go on, I make my decision in my head and then I go online and I read the arguments for the decision I made. So if I'm pro, I'm going to read the against. I want to always hear that. So to me, a good leader is going to be like, why would this be a good thing? And why would this be a bad thing? Yeah. Um, good and bad being, um, lame words <laughs> but i understand so, i understand what you're saying yeah. like the pros yeah. and the cons and it's definitely yeah i think as a leader things you've named are very important the aspect of creating an actual culture of belonging um instead of the cult vibe because that's just wild yeah that's hella wild and, and you know yeah sorry go ahead the other thing i was gonna say uh is also definitely yeah being informed in your choices like fully informed yeah leading yeah. with your intuition and what feels aligned but then also yeah 
being open to be challenged. I think that's a, a very, very powerful quality for leaders to have, to be able to see what um, is being said that goes almost in some aspects against the values or like serve the, see, I'm, I want to be very particular with my words because I don't want to do like a us them type thing, but that kind of is the energy almost that like gets brought up in, in the kind of space that we're speaking of. But it is like that the values just aren't aligned, you know? So to be able to understand why yeah. the folks that have differing values think the things that they do and to be able to put oneself in the shoes of someone else that that yeah that's such a such a high value to have as a leader because yeah yeah otherwise it is a slippery slope into cult land you know like yep yep and it's it's always you know what assumptions are you making i mean like i said i i grew up liberal i grew up in massachusetts it's a very small state and it's like blue <laughs> So I just thought, and then, you know, I went to college in Vermont. I came to Colorado. I, I'm a hippie, right? So I am surrounded by that. And um, I just thought everybody was like me for so long that I said things or made assumptions that I didn't even think about until I became friends with people that were on the other side of things. And then I started, you know, just educating myself a little bit more. I grew up, right? I kind of adulted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's so important as a leader to just constantly be asking ourselves, like, what assumptions am I making about this community? And then bringing the topic to the community, not to say <laughs> I've made an assumption of my right. Right. But just to engage the, the conversation and see if you're right. And then, um, you know, I've, there are also different types of learners out there and there is the introverted and the extroverted. So I just hosted my um, online summit and one of the women I interviewed was about um, she has a trademark system called the introverts way. And not only were we talking about um, how to do business as an introvert, which I know nothing about because I'm such an extrovert for the most part but also how to be a coach to people in your community who identify as an introvert. Yeah. And she was explaining certain things that um, are horrible to say for introverts. Like they block their ears like, no, say it isn't so. Hot seat coaching. Yeah. Like she's like, can you imagine an introvert wanting to sit on a stool in front of everyone? And it just brought no. me back to that, to that community that we were in. And that's exactly what people had to do. They had to get up on stage. Yep. Or, or stand up with the mic yep. and share their views. And there are at least 20 to 25% of the room that never would do that. And it's like, is that coach reaching those people? Yep. Or is he only teaching or reaching the folks that are like him? Yeah. So that's, those are qualities I think are so important as a leader is to think through what groups of people are in the room and am I including them? Yeah. You know, pronouns on name tags is something that's more common now. I really like communities that are open to allowing members to connect in different ways. Um, sometimes, you know, they'd be like, oh, for purposes, we can't share emails. It's like, well, I have a right to write my email on a clipboard if I want to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it was like, they didn't want little communities to be built from within their community. That, like, that is cultish. Yeah. But that's hella yeah. cultish. That's like, yeah. it only yeah. happens here. You can only connect into our space. Right. You can only connect in the big room so that the big ears can hear you. Right. Yeah, like so that. Yeah. And, and I think it is a fear having worked for a company that did that. It, it's a fear based, we don't want people to bitch about us, quote unquote, behind closed doors, yeah. right? And it's like, why do you make that assumption that that's going to happen unless 
you know that there's unrest unless it's happened in the past too you know like yeah if it's a pattern and if you're assuming that there's unrest then open up a conversation yeah instead of preventing it from happening. But one other thing I want to say too, as a community member, because I was a part of that community for five years, and I remember um, them um, being accused of being a cult. And I was on their team at the time working for them. But I was like, no, it's not. Like, I, I was so defensive, And when I left and under the conditions that I left and like the friend, you know, quote unquote friends that I lost along the way, um, I, I quickly realized, oh, now I see the side, the angle that I could not see because I was in it. And I think that happens a lot with people in cults. And I'm not saying this company is a cult at all, but I'm just saying there are tendencies that, that feel like that. Yeah. Um, And so when your original question, like what communities, you know, and attributes, it's just, yeah, it's making sure that there is diversity in the room. The diversity is celebrated. The autonomy of every single person is celebrated, you know, um, back in the day, um, a personal development company that you've been a part of, they were known for kind of blocking the door and you couldn't leave the room to go to the bathroom for several hours. Um, no one's going to tell me I can't use the bathroom. <laughs> yep. Right. So just, and, and they stopped doing that because I think they got called out for, for that. But, um, thing like your personal autonomy, your personal space, all that, um, needs to be, um, acknowledged and for activities where people are touching, whether it's hugging massage train. I remember being in an activity in that room where we were invited to kiss our partner. We could kiss each other on the cheek or on the lips and we had to, you know, get a consent and we didn't have to, but it was some sort of loving kindness partnership and it was a, it was a tender time, but I still, I remember being like, that was weird. (laughs) It's so interesting, isn't it? When you're actually in the midst of when when you're in the water, it's difficult to see what the water's made of and that the water, water is a little weird. Yeah. You know, and then you step out of it and you're like, what the hell? hell was that yep yep yep. what did i just it it, yeah that trance like feeling you know and yeah um yeah so i but the autonomy thing is big so what i was going to say is for all those touchy-feely exercises you have to be willing to give an alternative for people that are not comfortable with that or a way out, you know, put your hand on your heart if you don't want to be hugged. Um, and then you can do the prayer sign instead. That's one example, right? But, um, being really conscious that some people absolutely don't want to get touched or don't want to share their innermost feelings with the guy next to them just because he's sitting next to him, right? Get up and pick a partner is such a better choice than, turn to the person on your right and tell him your deepest, darkest dreams. And I'm like, I don't want to tell this guy that I don't connect with in any way. My deepest, darkest dreams. Yeah. Def- <laughs> right. Definitely taking into consideration the, all the different layers is such a key thing yeah. as a leader. And I think what we're kind of touching on now too, is even being like trauma informed, you know, which mm-hmm. so many communities aren't for some reason, even yeah. though they're doing trauma work which is like a whole other ball game that we could definitely yeah. like go on a whole conversation about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's wild out in these, uh, these transformational space streets as they call them. 
um but yeah but i want to circle this back to kind of what you're up to um so i know you've experienced all these different spaces and you've you know held space in some of the spaces you've been a participant in some of the spaces and i know currently you are really cultivating your own your own space within the coaching industry um primarily with you know your personal coaching practice teaching women how to sell that's like the nutshell that i'll put it in i know there's yeah, a lot more to the it things. and then yeah. the other one as the co-founder of the launch squad um with the launch squad you are actually in the midst of a summit right yes yeah so what's going on with your summit i know you you, you just shared your interviewing folks by the way shout out to the introverts i'm an introvert right here um yeah. <laughs> really really hardcore introvert <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know, putting on this summit was a really fun way for me to be able to use my creativity and connections yeah. and think through, like I started with, most people start with who has a big list. I'd like to invite you to be my guest. Yep. My business partner and I were like, F that. Like, I'm so sick of that because I have had instances with people with big lists that act like they are so much better than me. Yeah. And I'm just not into that at all. Yep. Um, so I started with who do I already know, like, and trust that I think is awesome that I would that that serves my audience that I would love to invite. And some of them said, I got to be honest, I don't have any email list. And I was like, well, you'll start now. So I let them in anyway. That's so they exciting. had another way to reach people. Right. Yep. Um, and, and then as I started compiling the list, I started breaking them into categories or pillars. Like, what is this person talking about? Right. And then it became, you know, leadership stuff, money stuff, um, you know, feminine activation. Um, we didn't necessarily get a sexual empowerment person, but I did try because <laughs> I, I think, um, sex and business are totally related and yeah. um that was one of the things i really valued about that community that we were in yep. I, they brought that to light for for me specifically and i really appreciated that um but you know so it was like external stuff how to use instagram linkedin you know video and then just internal stuff mindset you know that kind of thing but we've just had really great feedback from people that are like oh my god what a wide range of topics for an online business summit i never would have thought like we had one guest talk about the akashic records nice. and how you can access those to build your business right so we added in some woo yeah um because that's really the foundation of the launch squad so backing up we came to be because i have been running my own business for um nine ten years now um in 2011 i got started um and my last huge investment in a one-to-one -one coach cost me thirty thousand dollars and we worked together for a year i know your eyebrows went up so did everyone listening yeah um <laughs> And it was a huge jump for me, but I was selling something for, you know, eight or $10,000. And so I'm like, I need to hire someone that's charging more than what I'm charging. I, I wanted to be with somebody super up-leveled and I had just left that community. And I just, I considered myself graduated from everything I learned from them. I just wanted to drop it all and move on. Yep. Um, and I wanted to move into the online space. So she was my ticket into the online space and, um, she, she helped me. She was great. Um, I don't have regrets, but it left me cash poor. I had to take a couple of personal loans in order to get that 30 K everything she was telling me to do 
required implementation support. And I had a VA, but not one that was as skilled as I wanted her to be. And I didn't have the leadership skills to tell her exactly what to do or to make an SOP. I just, I was like a fish out of water. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I felt like I wasted money and time being told what to do, but never being given an opportunity from her to implement it. Like she never lent me her team. You know, one time I got to talk to her Facebook ad specialist, but that person wasn't going to run ads for me. She was just going to teach me how to do it. And I was just kind of like, I don't have time to do all the things. And I just wish that she shared her team with me. So that's what got me started. Like by the end of that year with her, um, and I had made back, back my investment and then some, like I said, no, no regrets, but I just thought, you know what? And I had um, come across my business partner. We met years ago, but we came across each other again in online space. Shout and out to Jeffrey. Was, shout out to Jeffrey Samarano. And he was the tech guy. I like to say, quote unquote, you know, everybody needs a tech guy. And he became my tech guy and he would fix things that my VA could not figure out how to fix in ClickFunnels and all the things. And then he was telling me to stop using ClickFunnels and we won't go down that rabbit hole. But, um, one day I just got this like download of like, this is what people need is a mixture of strategy with implementation support. And when people are going to invest 30,000 bucks in their business, that's what they should be getting is both. And so that's how we started. And so we essentially provide that launch support. Um, we never want to launch someone just one time because most of the time your first launch is probably going to suck. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be able to uh, help them understand that we refine it, rinse and repeat. Right. So, um, our original offer was you know, three launches in nine months, um, we're changing that up a little bit to build an audience building campaign in the middle of the launches. Um, but yeah, so that's essentially what, what we're doing in the world. And I just feel so proud that I'm a part of a team now that can say, Oh, we can do that for you. Or, you know, and, and we've got a scope, we got boundaries. Like we're not going to do everything. We, we do everything related to your launch. Now, sometimes marketing is not really launch related, but they're marketing their launch or whatever. Maybe they need to edit a video. We're not going to do that. Um, not because we can't, but because it's just, we don't want to get bogged down with stuff that we're not really selling. We don't want to penny pinch people, but what we want to do is be able to say, Oh, this is the person we know, like, and trust for video editing, call them. So we are big into building partnerships. And that is why the online summit was so huge for us was it wasn't because of your list size. It was how awesome you are, right? How fun were you to work with? And do we want to partner with you again? And that was, um, our initial, like we just, we already have some partners um, in the launch squad, copywriters, designers, that kind of thing. And we just want to add to it so that it's less competition, more collaboration. And to me, that's the embodying the feminine into business. It's bringing in that like, Hey, I don't need to know how to do everything, but I sure would like to know the people that my people need so that I'm not sending them onto Upwork to find a VA. Facts. I love that. And it's really also, you know, one of the themes that I do my best to focus on on this podcast is like really centering on community and really building, you know, the community network for sure in business. But I think it also spans way deeper than that, you know, because when we're able to support each other in business, we're able to elevate our communities, you know, our society, uh, especially with, you know, all the things that have been going on in the world, being able to know that you're you're working with a lot of like-minded, like-hearted, 
also yeah individuals yep. to be able to bridge these needs that are coming up together in a web such that you know you can bring someone into the fold and be like look you're gonna you're gonna skyrocket with your business if you you know follow this that and this and these are really awesome souls that you can invest in that will you know hold you in the way that you katie as well as jeffrey trust that you know they will be held i think there's a different way to say that it's almost like people that you know will hold them safely you know and you know will do a good job and you know that they'll get the the deliverables and tangible things executed upon yeah. in which you know the the way in which they're told they're going to and i think that's really powerful because yeah. yeah in terms of for sure community like not everyone does that you know no and i'll everyone. tell you what like when people hire me and they found me from another community often on their orientation page and it might say how did you find me or why did you decide to work with me and they'll say well you were fully vetted by you know insert coach that i've worked in their community and so i trust that you're gonna do the job so partnerships yep are so valuable and they cost no money and you're not sinking your money in Facebook ads. And yet you're getting really qualified leads of people that are ready to buy and they already trust you. Yeah. So that is like the, that's been our best way to get clients actually through that. Um, or in, in general, that's been the best way, but it's just, yeah, it, it, of course it's not just about client, um, acquisition um but it's also yeah it's keeping your clients happy and it's saving them time you know and it's knowing and they know this about me in the launch squad like i will not partner with people that miss deadlines um i'm not going to support someone that doesn't respect everyone else's time on the timeline right yep. so i'm i i kind of run a tight ship <laughs> it's good to have boundaries you know and yeah. even if the boundaries are real strong and some people can't make them you know like i think that elevates a lot of things and i think you know there is definitely the, the thin line of like humanity but there is also like well it is business you know so there definitely is that that space because there is like someone not making a deadline and not even communicating it and then there's someone like oh like you know, World War Three just broke out in my household exactly. yeah. and like everyone's sick. So I'm going to have yeah. to like recommit, you know, there's a, there's a level of integrity that comes along with how, how people manage exactly. things, you know, it's, it's the habit that's intolerable, yep. right? The habit of being late for meetings, being late with deadlines, and then literally just not showing up and not responding. And then three weeks later, giving a list of health problems that have happened. And it's like, look, if you're a business owner, you got to communicate yep. sooner than that, you know? So, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's, um, I know my clients really appreciate that we vetted these folks and, um, and that they they are energetically aligned with us, you know, we're, uh, heart, I don't know if that's so, uh, cliche these days, but heart centered sales is the thing that I've always been selling and all of my partnerships are heart based and yeah. everything I do in business is connection based. And so, like I said, when I talk to people that don't make me feel very good for whatever reason, if they're kind of, you know, patting me on the head saying, you're so cute. I, I literally had a man refer to me as an emerging coach eight years into my business. Um, and I, I tried to partner with him cause I just didn't, hadn't learned that lesson yet, yeah. you know, and he blew me off every step of the way of this quote unquote collaborative event until three days before the event, he still hadn't done anything he promised. And I just emailed him and was like, we're done. 
yeah. I'm, I'm done, you know? And then it was, oh, my father, this, my brother, that, this, all this happened. And another one of the team, you know, wrote back to him and said, there's no reason why you couldn't have had your team email us and let us know that. Like your behavior is was disgusting. I know how I want people to make me feel. And yeah, their success or their list size is so minimal compared to those other ways of being that are really important to me in a partnership. Yeah, they really are, especially because uh, I think, I mean, list size doesn't indicate someone's intention or integrity. You know, nope. oftentimes I've heard that, you know, it, it kind of indicates the opposite sometimes because people are willing to do whatever to get whatever they need in some yep. some circles in some ways um so i definitely i definitely honor that and I, I definitely honor like treading lightly and trusting your body and really you know drawing your boundaries and stepping away when things aren't aligned and stepping away when uh you know you're not necessarily getting viewed as the peer that they're saying you are I know in my my business, I definitely have experienced that to the point where I'm like, uh, I don't want to work with any of y'all right now, you know, like, yeah, let's just do our own thing for right now. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. I think this is these are all really, you know, really powerful themes that come up in community, as well as, you know, things that come up in general within life. Um, and I've really enjoyed chatting with you. I know we could probably chat a lot more about a lot of these different layers. Uh, but for right now, if you're open to it, I usually wrap up sessions with these four questions. Oh, boy. Okay. You open, you open answering some questions? She, I'm open. You didn't send these to me, to me ahead of time. I love. Because I like asking them on the spot. All right. So first one. They're, they're, not, they're not wild or anything. First one. Uh, I know already. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to let the anticipation build. I'm going to let you get nervous. <laughs> let me ground myself oh there we go okay okay top three artists that are on repeat right now oh fish uh grateful dead <laughs> third one um allison kraus nice do you know any of them i know the first two not the, not the last i think i, allison kraus I think is i know the last yeah i think i know her name but i don't know if i know her songs oh yeah yeah hold up beautiful voice yeah, I think I know her. I just Googled her. All right, next question. Um, <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? Um, the top two words that come to mind are kindness and integrity. Kindness and integrity. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I like kindness too, because kindness is such a different... I think there's like a conversation around kindness versus niceness, you know? Kindness yeah. is still like coming from your heart, but will tell you to F off if things are yep. like going wild, you know? But we'll, yep. we'll also like hold you with like real sweet, gentle love when the moments are yep. there, you know? That's pretty much how people describe me. Yep. <laughs> I definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, next question. What does your perfect Sunday look like? Oh God. I, I've turned into such a homebody. I love going to the store, getting like really nutritious food and planning out what I'm going to make in my crock pot that week. Yes. Um, sometimes that includes making dog food in the crock pot. Sundays is really my day to settle in, rest, get stuff done around the house, but I don't even see them as chores. It's like, I want my house to be clean or I want my yard to look good. So I'm like, yay, I have time to do that today. So little chores like that, walking the dog, seeing my mom. Yeah. Just really slowing down. That's really beautiful. 
Yeah, and I, I, I am and homebody. I, and I love that you've become a homebody. And I definitely shout out to the partner that's living with you and the cat, too, because I know there are probably big reasons that you've become more of a homebody, huh? I have. I, yes, yes. And I mean, it's really making space because you've also been in this house and you're like, how on earth did you move another human being in there? <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see it, you know, but yeah, yeah. your house is uh, very cute. But yeah, I, I really, the part of my entrepreneurial journey has been, um, taking better care of myself. I did not do that as a teacher, 17 years as a teacher, they don't encourage you to take care of yourself. Yep. In fact, you know, put yourself last at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, really eating well is the only way I stay happy and healthy. And if I don't make a bunch of food so that I'm prepared for my busy week, where if I've got 30 minutes for lunch, I can quickly go heat it up and eat it. And I'm well nourished. Um, I don't have a good week. So it's like, that is like the best self care I could possibly do. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I really love cooking. It's pretty badass. With recipes. With recipes. (laughs) You know me. I mean, I am kind of like to the, you know, how many teaspoons and I level off the teaspoon and, you know, everything is measured and I get made fun of for that. I just like, give me a recipe. I just close my eyes and like pour. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I definitely understand recipes are hella vital. And that is, that's a really sweet way to spend a Sunday, you know, very like digging down so that you can branch out for the week. Yeah. Hella powerful. All right, last question. Um, What is a gem or, you know, like a bit of knowledge that you'd love to share with other folks who are on their their journey similar to you? So perhaps, you know, women in the business space, maybe even gender non-conforming folks, anyone who is of uh, uh, aspect of the community within this business space that isn't necessarily um i don't know how to say this isn't it isn't a man you know like isn't uh someone who embodies the 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 privilege of being able to exist in this space without kind of apology yeah (laughs) that's yeah that's a good way to put it yeah uh so the front part of that question is what's a gem to share yeah what's a gem or like you know a little bit of knowledge like something that you you know maybe Put another way, like, what do you wish, what's something you wish your, your younger self would have known when embarking mm. in this space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just got, um, dropped so many wisdom bombs doing these 30 interviews and like first things that come to the top of my head that I just really appreciate is like, no one's going to crown you an expert, but you. Um, and the, I think the biggest one for me was, um, you're never going to feel ready. So if you're waiting for ready to show up at your door with a big sign, it's never going to happen. And that will prevent you from doing what you came here to do. Yeah. Um, I always ask people in sales conversations when they say, I'm not ready for that yet. I always ask them, what does ready look like? And they always respond with good question. I'm not sure. And I'm like, that's because. Like it doesn't it, exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And so you're using an excuse that doesn't exist. And that very excuse is why you're exactly where you are right now. So you're never ready. So you just have to do it. And that's where the crown, the expert comes in because yeah. a lot of times we think we're not ready because, Oh, I'm not professional enough or I haven't been doing this long enough. Right. Yeah. What if they call me an emerging coach? Well, guess what? I was an emerging coach one day. I was a beginning coach. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. 
like, yeah, I, you know, uh, so, uh, you'll never, if you're in the business space, you'll never keep the same niche for the rest of your life. Um, but, um, I think too, I, sorry, this is more than one gem, but all these gems are welcomed. The journey, um, you know, say for example, you're like, I hate community. Then I say, go join one, go find one that you love because trying to do it on your own. Like I'm in this home office before my partner moved in, you know, I was here alone all day, every day during COVID practically two freaking years of complete disconnect, um, besides going to my gym. Um, so community is where I found my friends and I also outgrew some of those friendships and that's okay too. Right. But some of them like you, um, and a few people from that community, you know, they are my, you know, fellow, just fellows, (laughs) sisters, friends. Right. Um, and they are so, it's so important to have people that you can really trust to talk about your business. Um, that's not your family. Yeah that doesn't understand. Right. And Oh, you spent how much? Right. No, those questions are unhelpful. Um, (laughs) yeah, but so it's, but just, I think the two biggest takeaways are like, you're never ready. So you just have to do it. Um, you're gonna, you've got to crown yourself as that expert starting right now. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, um, you have been inspired by your soul. Yeah. And so there's nothing that your soul is going to inspire you to do that you're incapable of doing. So even if it feels like, holy shit, this is huge. How am I going to do it? You would not have been given the inspiration if you were not the human body to do it. So I'll leave it there. That's pretty powerful. I'm going to take that last one. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing these and for um, the time that we've spent here today. Uh, if you ever want to come back on as well as you and Jeff, I know we mentioned to kind of talked about that on the episode that, uh, yeah. that I did with y'all. If you and Jeffrey ever want to come back, y'all are more than welcome. Um, okay. And that'd be interesting That would be- to have a man on here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's a cool guy for sure. All right. Uh, well, yeah. he knows how to hold the woman's space. That's really powerful. <laughs> it's hella needed. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Katie Collins, for coming through. Folks tuned in. Definitely check out Katie. There are some links in the description below that you can tap into to be able to follow along with her as well as check out her business offerings. Um, And yeah, peace, peace, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Podcast About People. I'm your host, Vita Miramontes Locke, and it was a pleasure to be here with y'all today. Thank you for tuning into this conversation. Chat more soon. Much love. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Kill C. Ray, host of Chris Sees the Internet. Catch my show along with Beat Block TV, hosted by Gene Flo, The Parker Edison Project, hosted by Parker Edison, and The Heartful Truth, hosted by Seven Octobers and Melly Moreno. Turn on the alerts and subscribe so you know when every new episode drops. Audio wherever podcasts are found and videos right here on Platform Collection YouTube.